Welcome to the Secrets of High Demand Coaches podcast, where I interview some of the best coaches in the business to find their secrets and share them with the world. I'm Scott Ritzheimer, founder and CEO of Scale Architects, and we help founders and leaders find the right coach at the right time so they can achieve the predictable success they deserve. And a huge part of that is helping great coaches do great work that creates enormous demand for their services with way less effort. If you're a high demand coach, I'd absolutely love to share your story and expertise as well. So stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. Welcome, welcome once again to the Secrets of the High Demand Coach podcast. And I am here with yet another high demand coach. That is the Brigitte Hufla. And I, I've been practicing the name. I hope I got it right. Uh, but um, so excited that you're here today. Uh, just to give you guys a, a little sense of who Brigitte is, uh, she's a powerful, engaging, and professional international speaker. She's also known as the, as the fast-tracked female trainer and a retired lead coach of one of the largest self-development companies in the world, actually. Actually, uh, as a leading mentor, business coach, and author, she has been invited to speak on stages around the world to certify and train executives in the leading methodologies of powerful communication in the form of neuro patterns of communication for their personal and business life. There's so much in there that I can't wait to explore. But before we get there, I'd love to hear your story. Why don't, why don't we just open up? Uh, and Brigitte, why don't you tell us a little bit about your story, how you got into coaching, and why? Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, thank you for having me, Scott. So why did I get uh, into coaching? Well, first of all, I needed me. I needed someone like me. And um, I came to the United States in 2004. One hand, I had our toddler daughter who was close to 18 months at the time. And the other, I kind of hooked in with my husband. My husband was a journalist at the time, wrote for the German Billboard magazine. And we came to the States to build a Montessori school. And, you know, building a school, crossing cultures, raising children, those are all not small tasks. And I kind of let it go. And I'm going to be really vulnerable with, with you, Scott, and your audience kind of got in my head and I kind of got cocky. Well, if you ask my mom, I probably was cocky my entire life, but I, I, I it got in my head and it got so much in my head that um, I was building the business. I was enrolling great teachers in my school. You know, we had 15 great teachers. I was paying for their continuous education. I was paying for their Montessori education. I was, and therefore we were enrolling great um, uh, students who are all, you know, it's a private school. We're all paying tuition. And I found out in the first three to five years, I found out I was great in enrolling teachers, but I wasn't good at keeping them. So I had a huge turnaround over and over. I would hire these teachers. I would pay for their ongoing education, which is per teacher about a $5,000 price tag, but I couldn't keep them. So nine months, 12 months later, I had a turnaround. Nine months, 12 months later, another turnaround. I had It was like a revolving door. Wow. So I lost a lot of money during that process. I lost a lot of time during that process. 
I lost the connection with my children. At that point, now I had a second child here in the States. And I, you know, I have two small children. I have my husband. I have a team. I have a staff. I have parents. And the parents at this point with a revolving door, the parents that are bringing their students, uh, their children as students to our school were not happy. They were not happy at all. So now they're starting to pull their children. And that is even more money that I'm losing. There's more time that I'm losing because now I'm stressed out. And, um, you know, at the beginning, I pointed fingers at everyone that was leaving. I was like, they're dummies. They don't know when they, you know, when there's a great opportunity ahead of them. And I pointed fingers outward for quite some time until I was like, wait a minute, Brigida. We have one common denominator here, and that is me. Mm. So what is not working here? And that's when I started diving deeper into, you know, my personal development, you know, what am I missing? I didn't even know what I didn't know. And that's when I started reading a book and the book went turned into courses and helped me find mentors and coaches. And out of that, I was like, oh my gosh, I have been mentoring parents when they had troubles with their children. You know, parents would come to me and they would go, hey, Brigida, um, seems like you got a different child at school than I have at home. What's going on? So, you know, setting boundaries and all of that good stuff. So I was mentoring parents and out of that, I was like, wait a minute, I could be coaching them. So I started pouring into my, into my own development, how to become a great coach, mm. big difference between a mentor and a coach. You know, I became involved with, uh, the international coaching federation. I became involved with, um, uh, success resources and peak, uh, potentials and, and those large organizations. So that's really how I got, became a coach because I needed to be that. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It's it's tremendous how many times, you know, hearing stories of coaches, how often it is that, right? It's either, it's, you know, our, our greatest strengths and resources and the thing that we can give back is almost always something that we had to fight for the most, right? That that thing that hurt the most uh, yeah. along the path. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you for opening up right out of the gate uh, and, and setting the tone for our conversation. I really appreciate that. Uh, so tell us a little bit then about what, what would you say is the most important work that you do for your clients now? Hmm. I listen. I listen and I ask great questions. You know, I do, I, I certify coaches. And again, I, I sit uh, on the International Coaching Federation board. I serve there on the board here in Atlanta. And um, when and I tell my client, my my soon to be coaches that I'm certifying when someone when one of your clients says, hey, that's a great question. That is the immediate confirmation that you are a great coach because a great coach does not tell you what to do. They ask a great question mm. and it allows the person that's being coached, the coachee to go, huh, and think. So yeah, I listen and I ask great questions. Mm. And um, wh what do folks tend to come to you for? What would you say are some of the most common, like, hey, I need this, can you help? <laughs> they often come to me with this, um, I am trying to do the same thing over and over again and getting, you know, a specific result or be more successful or be skinnier or be fitter or be in whatever, you know, insert whatever they want to be. 
but they don't know how to get there. I don't know mm-hmm. if you, you, I'm pretty sure Scott, you've seen the knowledge pies. So just imagine, you know, it's right uh, around the holidays. We all seen a pie or two or five or so. Just imagine a pie and the, the smallest sliver of the pie, if you would cut out just one of those little slivers, um, would be the things that we know that we know. And then another small sliver of the pie would be the things that we now know that we don't know yet, you know, a book that might be sitting on your shelf or a course that you want to take or something like that. The biggest, you know, like like 95% of the pie is the things that we don't even know that we know. And that, that those with that kind of mindset, people are coming to me and going, I want to hmm, uh, fill in the blank, but I just have no idea how to get there. And it's often a limiting belief. It's yeah. often something that they heard when they were a child that they can't do that or they're not worthy of that or whatever the limiting belief might be. And that's where we start out. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And, and yeah, uh, I, and I love where we're going with this with the, you know, what you don't know. I think um, uh, almost what you're describing and most people don't take this step, but I think it's really important is the things that you don't know that you know. Right. Those assumed constraints that you, you don't even know that that's a belief. Right? And and at some point in time, it probably was helpful. Right. At some point in life, that belief probably did help you. Mm-hmm. And now you're at a point where it isn't anymore. But how do you know what's helpful now and what what was helpful then? Yeah, you know, How do you split those two? Yeah. You know, I, I, I really appreciate you saying that. And we as humans, we always come from a place of safety. So if the belief was. I am not opening up as a child to um, someone new that kept me safe in where maybe, you you know, your household wasn't safe or your neighborhood wasn't safe or there was someone in the environment where you grew up that did not make you feel safe. And you might have even experienced things very physically that that gave you evidence that it's not safe to be outgoing, that it's not safe to you know, I'm, I'm taking this as an example to meet new people. Now that you've grown up and you are an entrepreneur or you are in HR or you are an employee of some sort, it would be very beneficial for you now to open up and meet new people in a very specific way. So yeah. um, going back and, and, and listening to just some stories because if you if you have a new client and you say, so tell me about your limiting beliefs. Well, they're going to go, uh, I don't know. I, do I have limiting beliefs? I don't know. Because at that point, they weren't limiting beliefs. They were keeping you safe. Yes. So being aware, to, I like to call it taking inventory, taking inventory of what kept you safe in the past and what is holding you back right now oh, I don't do well with meeting new people. I don't do well with communicating with my team. I don't do well with onboarding new staff or whatever it is. Mm. Aha. So when, at what point did you decide that you're not good at that? Or when did you, um, when did you gather evidence that you're not good at that or that yeah. it was not safe for you to do that? Mm. And out of those conversations, and that is triggered by great questions because I'm not, as a coach, I'm not going to assumptions and go, oh, you know, were you raped or were you this or did you grow up there? Because now they're all assumptions. That means that I'm putting my own, my own stuff and we all have stuff. May you be a coach or not. I'm putting my own stuff on someone else. Mm. That's not the way to go. Right. 
Right. Oh, that's so true. Um, so you had mentioned in, in your story, and, and I'm assuming that now you've bumped into this as a coach, uh, this cycle of, especially as a young entrepreneur, not in terms of age, but in terms of newness of operation, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not uncommon. I see it all the time, folks who who rise very quickly and then hit this barrier. And and oftentimes it is that it's, you know, they bring in high level people uh, and they bring in low level people, but they struggle to discern the difference because anytime you bring in somebody new, it's a challenge, right? There's just two different people are going to do things different ways. And some of the highest performing people are also sometimes a pain, you know, and some of the lowest performing people are sometimes really wonderful to be around. Uh, And it's just, it's messy. It's mixed up. You don't have time to sit back and do this real thoughtful analysis of every person who's on your staff, but you also don't have time to lose people every 12 months. So uh, what do you find kind of drives that type of a pattern in particular? Hmm. That's a really good question. Um, speed, in, in, in my case, it was the speed or the need for speed to grow quickly, to scale quickly, to be even more successful, right? Oh, I don't have time for that. And, that, and that's a limiting belief. I don't have time for that because... It showed me very quickly that I am losing time. I'm losing not just time with hiring new staff, hiring, you know, finding uh, or going out and marketing the school. So I have more clients, so I have more uh, tuition paid students. But what it really, what really, really hurt me was the time that I lost with my kids because I was so stressed out. Mm. Right. And they were little. They're now 17 and 20. So I thank God I, I, um, at one point realize, wait a minute, if I continue on this trajectory, if I continue going the rate that I'm going, I'm I'm driving my business into a wall. I'm not serving the community as I'm supposed to. I'm I'm jeopardizing badly my own relationship with my husband, who we now have been married almost 22 years. I'm jeopardizing the relationship with my girls. And that was the reason why I built the school in the first place for my children. Mm. Right. So so being self-aware or just looking in the mirror and going, you got to look inward rather than, you know, pointing fingers outward. That is easy said, Scott. It's a bitter pill to swallow. It sure is. It sure <laughs> is. Uh and and I, I think you've hit on something that that uh, I think is so important, and that is this idea of getting back in touch with why, right? I, I think mm-hmm. that need for speed um, almost always pulls people into the what, right? It's like mm-hmm. this is what has to happen. We have to do this. I was working with a team the other day, and I, I said, you know, the one thing that I want most for you guys is to not feel like you have to do everything. When I ask you, what do you guys want to do? You say, well, we have to do this. And it's like, but I want you to. And and I found so often that that comes back to, hey, why are we actually doing this? Mm-hmm. Because if you're not clear on that, you just end up doing all kinds of stuff or you end up doing everything so fast that, yeah, the exact thing. Is that something that you've bumped into? Yeah, yeah. And it, and it allowed me, and, and this one, one thing that I teach as well, it allowed me to stay in my head busy. Oh, I'm doing all the things, right? I'm going, 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 going. I'm scaling, I'm doing. And it, and it, and then, you know, take a step back. Are you, are you busy or are you productive? Is it going in the direction that you want to go? Right. Yeah. So the need for speed was to grow quickly. And it it did the exact op- well didn't do the exact opposite, but I could have grown even quicker if I would have slowed down. Mm. 
And there's so many people saying, not a chance, you know, <laughs> not a chance. So oh, yeah. what would you say to that person? Because, hey, I mean, you experienced it to, to, to slow down when everything in you feels like we have to move faster. Uh, how, how do you help somebody to slow down in that situation? Yeah, I actually just did a, a TEDx talk on listening in Frankfurt. I just came back a few weeks ago from that. And I'm talking exactly about that. Because when you listen and you truly shut up your own mouth and you you actively listen, and I teach the five levels of listening, you listen not just what they're saying, you listen to how they're saying it. For what mm. purpose are they saying it? With what tonality are they saying it? What is their body language saying? Is it congruent with what they're saying with their words and their tonality, right? All of those factors play in. And when me, and I can only come out of my own experience, when me as a business owner, I actually get present with my, my employee or my client and I listen and I take notes and I say back what the struggles may be, or I um, I offer something that I am becoming aware of in the conversation. So that slowing down and listening is going to propel me forward. And in that in my TED talk, I actually gave a challenge. I said, "Look, guys, as I was winding winding down, I want you. I encourage you to practice this listening for twenty minutes a day for thirty days." Mm. except for the ones that are super busy, you're going to practice an hour. So it's that, it's that really carving out time to connect with the other. Because when you connect people, your team, your staff, your clients, they want you to be present with them. They don't want you to go, you know, feel like that, that they're on a conveyor machine or a conveyor belt. Yeah. They want you to be present with them. And when they feel appreciated, when they feel hurt, that's when that connection starts. And that's when they're going to stick around. Yeah. Wow. That's so good. So, all right, here's the, the moment of the show. I'm always so excited to get to because uh, it's where we get to hear your, your best, the, the best and brightest and the best of the best and brightest. So what I'd love for you to do is share with us, what would you say is the biggest secret that you wish wasn't a secret? What do you wish is that one thing that everyone listening today knew? Okay, great. So ready for this. I hope that everyone has something to write with and write on. Um, I can't remember who sang it. The children, I believe the children are for future. Was it Whitney Houston? I believe the children are future. Yeah, it was Whitney That's Houston. Right. What, the children are our future. I think we all agree on that. That doesn't mean that we make a difference in our children. That means that we as adults who are shaping our children, that we as adults who are modeling for our children, we actually need to do the work on us, on the adults, not on the children. We're too focused on the children. And when each individual adult really goes inward and looks in the mirror and goes, what am I missing? What, am, what do I not know yet that will not just make my life better, but when it makes my life better, it'll make not just my own children, even if you don't have your own children, you still modeling for other children. You still modeling for other people, right? So that is, I think, the biggest secret that I'm on a mission for everyone to truly not just understand, but implement. 
No, oh, that's very good. Uh, there's so much that we could unpack in there, uh, but for the sake of time, uh, we're, we're gonna we're gonna leave a little bit of a cliffhanger for folks, uh, and then sh- tell them how they can find out more here in a second. But before we get there, I'd love for you to take off your coach hat, right? Uh, I'm gonna have you put on your your CEO hat and talk to us a little bit about what the next stage of growth looks like for you and your business, and what do you think some of the challenges are that are gonna make that uh, difficult in a sense, but worth it. Yeah. So as the CEO hat, I laid off the CEO hat at the school just to kind of close that loop. So I'm not in the day-to-day operations at the school anymore. That school is running 125 students. I have a family who's doing an incredible job. It's up in Tennessee. So I'm here in Atlanta and I have, I see things in patterns. And when, as a CEO, I have created, I've learned from all the challenges that I've done with uh, my businesses and with my newer business that that I've had now for seven years, I am going in the same pattern and I am scaling. And now with the information that I have from the previous businesses, I now know what I need to do. I now know what I need to do to scale. I now know that I don't want to continue. And this is my phase for me. I don't want to continue working in the business. I want to continue to work on the business and let people take over and let their uh, um, light shine. Let them shine brightly. Uh, you know, I've had the opportunity. I don't need to be there anymore. I am there to truly hold the space for other people. And uh, my daughter, who's 20, who just came to visit us from Germany, said, you know, um, think harder, work smarter. And I never heard it that way. And I say, you know what? I'm going to quote you on that. So think harder, work smarter, uh, scale, find someone that helps you to identify the things that you don't know yet. Yeah. Oh, so good. All right. Excellent. Now, I know there's some folks listening. Uh, and uh, even if it were uh, from your biggest secret just a moment ago, but they're just like, I've got to know more. How how can folks connect with you and and learn more about the work you do? For sure. So you can find me on all social media, Brigitta Höfele, B-R-I-G-I-T-T-A, last name Höfele. You spell it just like you pronounce it, H-O-E-F-E-R-L-E, Brigitta Höfele. I'm the only Brigitta Höfele in the world. So you can find me on all social media or simply send me an email, Brigitta at Höfele.com. Again, very simple. Fantastic. We'll get those in the show notes for you guys uh, to get them easily and quickly. Brigitte, thank you so much for being here today. It was an absolute pleasure and honor having you. And for everyone listening, we're so appreciative of your time and attention. Uh, I hope this was as helpful for you as it was for me. And I look forward to seeing you next time. Take care. Scott Ritzheimer here. Thank you so much for listening to the Secrets of High Demand Coaches podcast. If you are a successful coach, consultant, or advisor who's built a strong book of business and would like to be on the program, please visit go.scalearchitects.com. And if you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media and just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials? If you know someone who'd be a great guest, you can tag them on social media to let them know about the show. And make sure you include the hashtag high demand coaching. I love seeing your posts. I love seeing your guest suggestions. Thank you so much. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content to make sure you don't miss any of those episodes. Go ahead and subscribe now. 
Your thumbs up, your ratings, your reviews, they go a long way to help us promote the show and they mean a lot to me and my team. If you want to know more, you can go to our website, www.scalearchitects.com, or you can follow me or the company on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time.